Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we are taking a colorful look at joy as we explore its meaning and presence, contemplating the idea if joy were a color. When pure joy overflows and becomes so tangible you can reach out and touch, what color do you see? Maybe you're still waiting for that type of joyful overabundance to show itself in your life, and that's okay. Want some good news? Joy resides inside of you, and once you remove the barriers and unlock the resistance, it has room to activate in your life. Joy is defined as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. When did you feel a strong sense of pride, love, or gratitude? Were you beaming, eyes sparkling, body radiating positive energy? Don't overlook these joyful moments, thinking joy has to be a steady state to be real. These moments, when recognized and celebrated, will be motivation for more. I had a friend use this term, if joy were a color, when describing a social encounter where a person was communicating a recent win. She overheard this conversation and witnessed the winner so full of joy that she radiated a tangible experience. What a beautiful thought. Days, weeks, months, or even years can get messy and distracting. Our focus can easily be misdirected, and we can feel like we're barely getting by. Who has time for joy? George Bernard Shaw said, This is the true joy in life, the being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, the being thoroughly worn out before you're thrown on the scrap heap, the being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. Pretty harsh, but true. So let's look at this idea from a few different angles. Dr. Jamie Atten shares what is joy and what does it say about us? An interview with Dr. Pamela King on the meaning and depth of joy found at psychologytoday.com. What is joy? It's not mere happiness, but it is also not devoid of it. Joy is a core human experience, but we often don't understand the true depth of its meaning in our lives. Through her research, Pamela Epstein King has sought to understand joy. She is the Peter L. Benson Associate Professor of Applied Developmental Science at Thrive Center of Human Development in the Psychology at Fuller Theological Seminary. Her primary academic interests focus on the intersection of human thriving, morale, and spiritual development. King is a co-author of The Reciprocating Self, Human Development in Theological Perspective, and co-editor of the Handbook of Spiritual Development in Childhood and Adolescence. Her research has been published in various journals like Developmental Psychology, Psychology of Religion and Spirituality, Applied Developmental Science, Journal of Research on Adolescence, among many more. She is an ordained minister in the Presbyterian Church of USA. 
Jamie asks, how did you first get interested in this topic? Dr. King said, pre-COVID-19, the phrase, the pursuit of happiness captured many Americans' aim in life. Who doesn't want to be happy? Who doesn't want their children to be happy? That said, through my research in the last two decades on human thriving, I noticed that happiness can be a fleeting feeling that might accompany a slice of pizza and pass as soon as you digest it. As a developmental psychologist, I've interviewed and studied exemplary and ordinary lives. I've observed that many people have an enduring and underlying sense of something that is deeper than the emotion of happiness, and I've come to describe this as joy. In my study of joy, I've noticed that joy is more complex than a feeling or an emotion. It's something one can practice, cultivate, or make a habit of. Consequently, I suggest that joy is most fully understood as a virtue that involves our thoughts, feelings, and actions in response to what matters most in our lives. Joy is an enduring, deep delight in what holds the most significance. Jamie asks, what was the focus of your study? Dr. King said, given that joy has been grossly overlooked by psychologists, this was not a typical research project of collecting and analyzing data. My intention was to define joy and propose a framework for future research. The fact that joy is understudied is surprising. It's a core part of being human. We have all experienced joy, both the overwhelming and animating experiences of joy that may surprise and overtake us, and the calm and the enduring joy which sustains us. Generally, we want more of it. We've all yelped, shouted, or smiled in delight upon hearing good news about our health or the health of a loved one, finding a lost, precious object, or accomplishing something meaningful. These experiences bring life meaning and continue to motivate and direct us. That said, there have been no real clear theories or research that explain what prompts this kind of deep joy, nor have we had a framework for distinguishing joy from delight, fun, happiness, or thrill. Most people associate joy with goodness, good experiences, relationships, or objects. But what qualifies as the kind of good that produces life-altering, enduring joy? A helpful way of thinking about joy is understanding what matters most in human life. Reviewing philosophical, theological, and psychological approaches, I identified three areas that deeply inform joy. They are, number one, growing in authenticity and living more into one's strengths. Two, growing in depth of relationships and contributing to others. And three, living more aligned with one's ethical and spiritual ideals. I hypothesize that the more one is able to live a strength-based life, reciprocate relationships with others, and live with moral coherency, the more joy one will experience in life. This suggests that joy is not just an individual pursuit, 
but one that deeply involves our connections with others. We can discover and experience joy in a variety of ways. Doing those things we love to do, growing in intimacy or providing for others, and clarifying and coherently pursuing our values. When these domains of the self, others, and values overlap, that is perhaps when we experience the most joy. Jamie asked, is there anything that surprised you in your findings or that you weren't fully expecting? Dr. King said, joy is really complex. This work helped me realize how joy and sorrow are deeply connected. Both are a response to those things that matter most. Joy is our delight when we experience, celebrate, and anticipate the manifestation of those things we hold with the most significance, like a birth or graduation. Sorrow is our response to the violation, destruction, or deterioration of such sacred things. However, this complexity also informs how we can experience joy and sorrow at the same time, how true joy is tied to our potential to grow as an individual and relate and give to others, and how our values can endure in the face of loss and suffering. The trick is to stay connected to those things that deeply matter in the face of adversity and loss. So as we think about what color joy is, what color are you drawn to? Do certain colors make you feel different ways? If you said yes, you're not alone. Let's have some fun by learning the meaning behind certain colors. Over at colors-meanings.com, I found out why all colors weren't created equal. Let's take the first color, red. The color of passion and energy. Red draws attention like no other color and radiates a strong and powerful energy that motivates us to take action. It's also linked to sexuality and stimulates deep and intimate passion. Red is used to warn and signal caution and danger. Seeing red means feeling very angry. It symbolizes action, strength, energy, and passion. And it affects our attention, motivation, stimulation, and cautions. How does that differ from orange? Orange is the color of enthusiasm and emotion. Orange exudes warmth and joy and is considered a fun color that provides emotional strength. It's optimistic and uplifting, adds spontaneity and positivity to life, and it encourages social communication and creativity. It's a youthful and energetic color. Apples and oranges means two unlike things. Orange symbolizes emotion, youth, optimism, and enthusiasm. The effects are encourages, uplifts, stimulates, communicates. What about yellow? The color of happiness and optimism. Yellow is a cheerful and energetic color that brings fun and joy to the world. It makes learning easier as it affects the logical part of the brain, stimulating mentality and perception. It inspires thought and curiosity and boosts enthusiasm and confidence. Yellow-bellied? Well, that means to be cowardly and afraid. It symbolizes happiness, optimism, positivity, and intellect. And the effect? Clarifies, inspires, amuses, and energizes. 
What do you see as a joyful color? If you could touch joy, what color would it be? How about happiness? Well, over at Compassion.com, I found some differences between joy and happiness. The difference is, joy and happiness lives in the mind and the heart. Joy is a little word. Happiness is a big word. Joy is in the heart. Happiness is on the face. Joy is of the soul. Happiness is of the moment. Joy transcends. Happiness reacts. Joy embraces peace and contentment, waiting to be discovered. Joy runs deep and overflows, while happiness hugs hello. Joy is a practice and a behavior. It's deliberate and intentional. Happiness comes and goes blithely along its way. Joy is profound and scriptural. Don't worry, rejoice. Happiness is a balm. Don't worry, be happy. Joy is an inner feeling. Happiness is an outward expression. Joy endures hardships and trials and connects with meaning and purpose. A person pursues happiness but chooses joy. Sarah Christensen helps define joy versus happiness, 11 important differences between each. Have you ever wanted to gain a clear understanding of joy versus happiness so you can improve your quality of life? Indeed, learning the differences between the two can help you live a more meaningful life filled with greater purpose. For starters, you may be surprised to know that happiness may not be the best aim for you. Yet, joy can be highly gratifying in a way that's not selfish. I must admit that before I understood the contrast between these terms, I thought they were relatively similar. But upon comparing joy and happiness, I know they're strikingly different. Kristen said, I've also learned that I'd rather have joy. Of course, you might feel the opposite, and that's okay. Before you make a decision on which is right for you, you might want to educate yourself too. So let's go over some differences between joy versus happiness. What is joy? Joy is a selfless feeling of extreme happiness and pleasure. You may have joy when you care for others, are thankful or grateful, or have spiritual experiences. While joy often requires great self-sacrifice, you'll feel lasting inward contentment and peace. Furthermore, this feeling may not be about yourself, but you may feel this way by helping others become more content. Kristen said, one personal example I'd like to share of joy has to do with spirituality. Whenever I'm at my lowest point, this is where I turn. When I feel alone and as if no one is on my side, I look to prayer, meditation, and yoga to help me through any problems I face. I also see writing, painting, and drawing as spiritual activities and utilize these forms of art to help get me back on track spiritually and emotionally. When I'm at my most spiritual, I feel intense joy that's almost unbelievable and indescribable. So what is happiness? Happiness is an emotion that allows one to experience various feelings such as pleasure, contentment, bliss, and satisfaction. You may feel happy when you gain material objects or have earthly experiences. 
Although happiness is temporary, it causes a person to express elation outwardly. Furthermore, happiness is about the pleasure of oneself. An example of when I feel happiness is when I'm hungry and I'm eating my favorite food. Despite the fact this experience is nowhere near joy, it puts me in a positive state of mind. Another time I felt happiness, Kristen said, is when my college English professor gave me an A on one of my English papers. In fact, I could almost say I was joyful, except it lacked the meaning and purpose associated with joy. When you imagine what joy and happiness are, you might not perceive any clear distinctions at first. But after you think more deeply about it, you'll likely come to the conclusion that the two words are exceptionally unique from each other. Here are a few differences between the two. Joy is constant, while happiness is temporary. For example, having a baby can make a person joyous, and this feeling can last forever. But if you win the lottery, it can make you happy. In this instance, happiness is momentary, and eventually your luck will be a past memory. Joy is about selflessness, and happiness involves pleasing oneself. Being selfless can mean ignoring your own feelings to benefit someone else. Although this can be a challenge, you can gain plenty of joy, meaning, and purpose from it. One instance when joyous feelings may arise is when you care for someone you love when they need you the most. Happiness is an emotion that allows one to experience various feelings such as pleasure, contentment, bliss, and satisfaction. When you're happy, it can be fun, but definitely not as meaningful because it's only about pleasing yourself. If you could go out to eat at a restaurant, it could make you happy, but this isn't a particularly fulfilling activity. But cooking the meal yourself can help you appreciate the joy of eating a lot more. Joy can be deeply spiritual, but happiness lacks depth. Taking care of a pet can bring you joy since bonding with animals allows you to connect with them. Plus, you'll always remember those times when you took your dog for a walk, taught them tricks, and played frisbee with them outside. But drinking a cup of coffee or enjoying some nice weather can make you happy and content for the moment. Joy is meaningful why happiness feels good. Since joyful experiences are deep, they can also be memorable. For instance, you'd likely always remember holding your child's hand for the first time or hearing your husband or wife laugh. Buying new clothes can feel good at the moment, but clothes are only material objects. Joy is a choice a person makes, while people chase after happiness. When you're immature, you might think you want certain things to make you happy and not understand the consequences. To illustrate, you might chase after a man or a woman because they are attractive and make you smile and laugh at the moment. But there can be a problem with this because you're immature and only see their appearance and sparkling personality. This means the relationship will eventually be over because it started for the wrong reasons. Additionally, you shouldn't have to chase after someone to make them love you. On the other hand, with maturity, you can cautiously choose a partner who you share a genuinely mutual connection with. This could be a true joyful experience with a person you love.
Joy involves trials and hardships, while happiness is easier to achieve. Taking care of a baby involves plenty of joy, but it takes hard work, dedication, and selflessness. Alternatively, you can make things easy on yourself by working less and settling for happiness. This means you can be happy by eating an ice cream cone. Ice cream is inexpensive and tasty, but you probably won't get much else out of it. Joy is a selfless feeling of extreme happiness and pleasure. Kristen said, I notice when I work hard, I have better experiences. Volunteering, a purposeful career, etc. That brings me joy. While the happy experiences I had in the past, like riding carnival rides or dressing in trendy clothes, are now almost completely meaningless to me. Joy is transformative and happiness can hold you back. Joyful experiences can be life-changing. In particular, you can get married and have a family or have spiritual or religious experiences and gain a new depth. Alternatively, happy experiences aren't as intense or worthwhile. Therefore, they probably won't provoke any profound feelings in you that are life-changing. One example is riding in a limousine you or someone else rented for the day. This could make you happy, but this feeling will wear off and you won't have anything to show for your wasted time. And wasting time on meaningless activities holds people back from making personal progress. Joy connects people to each other, while happiness consists of momentary connections. Getting married can bring joy into one's life and help someone make meaningful connections that last a lifetime. You can have a new family who you love and focus on in a positive way. Another meaningful connection you could make is finding a real best friend who loves you for who you are and doesn't try to change you. An example of a happy connection can be making friends in college with people who share your interest at the moment. Kristen said, I made this mistake and realized later on that I was immature at the time and made friends with people for the wrong reasons. Although they were likable and fun to spend time with, my interests changed drastically a couple of years later, which meant we couldn't really be great friends anymore. Joy is a less common, stronger feeling than happiness. One reason why joy occurs less often is because it takes a great deal of maturity, selflessness, and effort. But with hard work and determination, you can experience additional joy. However, happiness is easier to achieve, so it follows that you can be happy more frequently. Joy is difficult to define in words, while one can easily describe happiness. The intensity associated with joyous experiences can make it difficult to describe. In fact, you'd likely have to actually experience joy in order to truly understand how it feels in various situations. Apart from this, happy experiences aren't nearly as deep, and most of us, if not everyone, have experienced them one time or another. This can make them quite simple to describe. Joy can be present where difficulties exist, but happiness can't live in this space. Namely, you could feel intense, alone, and emptiness, but having spiritual beliefs at this time could make you profoundly joyful. However, the feeling of loneliness can be so intense that it makes it impossible to be happy. 
You may feel happy when you gain material objects or have earthly experiences. You may find it a challenge to put a smile on your face or even head out the door and get a real life. To be honest, Kristen said, this is how I am when I'm feeling down and can't get out of a dark place. Luckily, I eventually come to my senses and take care of myself. Still got your rose-colored glasses on? Let's talk about green, the color of harmony and health. Green is a generous, relaxing color that revitalizes our body and mind. It balances our emotions and leaves us feeling safe and secure. It also gives us hope with promises of growth and prosperity, and it provides a little bit of luck to help us along our way. Green with envy? Well, that means to be very jealous. It symbolizes harmony, safety, growth, and health. And its effects? Revitalizes, balances, relax, and encourages. Turquoise. My favorite. The color of calmness and clarity. Turquoise stabilizes emotions and increases empathy and compassion. Who knew? It emits a cool, calming peace, gives us a boost of positive mental energy that improves concentration and clarifies our mind and creates a balance that clears the path to spiritual growth. The turquoise means waters of the Caribbean. It symbolizes compassion, calmness, clarity, and communicate. The effects, balances, clarifies, calms, and stabilizes. Well, how does that differ from blue? The color of trust and loyalty. Blue has a calming and relaxing effect on our psyche that gives us peace of mind and makes us feel confident and secure. It dislikes confrontation and too much attention, but it's an honest, reliable, and responsible color, and you can always count on its support. Out of the blue, means to appear unexpectedly. It symbolizes security, trust, loyalty, and being responsible. The effects protects, calms, relaxes, and supports. Kendra Cherry asks and answers, what is happiness? Defining happiness and how to become happier. Found at verywellmind.com. While perceptions of happiness may be different from one person to the next, there are some key differences that psychologists look for when measuring and assessing happiness. So, here are some key signs. Feeling like you're living the life you wanted. Going with the flow and a willingness to take life as it comes. Feeling that the conditions of your life are good. Enjoying positive, healthy relationships with other people. Feeling like you've accomplished or will accomplish what you want in your life. Feeling satisfied with your life. Feeling positive more than negative. Being open to new ideas and experiences. Practicing self-care and treating yourself with kindness and compassion. Experiencing gratitude. Feeling that you're living your life with a sense of meaning and purpose. Wanting to share your happiness and joy with others. One important thing to remember is that happiness isn't a state of constant euphoria. 
Remember, instead, happiness is an overall sense of experiencing more positive emotions than negative. There are many different ways of thinking about happiness. For example, the ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle made a distinction between two different kinds of happiness, hedonia and eudaimonia. Hedonia, hedonic happiness, is derived from pleasure. It's most often associated with doing what feels good, self-care, fulfilling desires, experiencing enjoyment, and feeling a sense of satisfaction. Eudaimonia is this type of happiness that's derived from seeking virtue and meaning. Important components of eudaimonic well-being include feeling that your life has meaning, value, and purpose. It's associated with more fulfilling responsibilities, investing in long-term goals, concern for the welfare of other people, and living up to personal ideals. Hedonia and eudaimonia are now commonly referred to as pleasure and meaning, respectively. Recently, psychologists have proposed adding a third component related to engagement. These are feelings of contentment and participation in different areas of life. Research suggests that happy people tend to rank pretty high on eudaimonic life satisfaction and better than average on their hedonic life satisfaction. All of these can play an important role in overall experience of happiness, although the relative value of each can be highly subjective. Some types of happiness that may fall under these three main categories include joy, excitement, gratitude, pride, optimism, and contentment. There are ways to cultivate happiness, like pursuing intrinsic goals, achieving goals that you are intrinsically motivated to pursue, particularly ones that are focused on personal growth and community, can help boost happiness. Enjoying the moment. Studies have found that people tend to overearn. They become so focused on accumulating things that they lose track of actually enjoying what they're doing. So rather than falling into the trap of mindless accumulating to the detriment of your own happiness, focus on practicing gratitude for the things that you have and enjoy the process as you go. Reframe negative thoughts. When you find yourself stuck in a pessimistic outlook or experiencing negativity, Look for ways that you can reframe your thoughts in a more positive way. People have a natural negativity bias or a tendency to pay more attention to bad things than good things. This can have an impact on everything from how you make decisions to how you form impressions of other people. Discounting the positive, a cognitive distortion where people focus on the negative and ignore the positive, can also contribute to negative thoughts. Reframing these negative perceptions isn't about ignoring the bad. Instead, it means trying to take more balanced, realistic look at events. It also allows you to notice patterns in your thinking and then challenge negative thoughts. So why is all this important? Well, positive emotions increase satisfaction with life. Happiness helps people build stronger coping skills and emotional resources. Positive emotions are linked to better health and longevity, 
One study found that people who experienced more positive emotions than negative ones were more likely to have survived over a 13-year period. Positive feelings increase resiliency. Resilience helps people better manage stress and bounce back when faced with setbacks. For example, one study found that happier people tend to have lower levels of stress hormone, cortisol, and that these benefits tend to persist over time. People who report having a positive state of well-being are more likely to engage in healthy behaviors like eating good food and engaging in physical activity. Being happy may help you get sick less often. Happier mental states are linked to increased immunity. Want to know what sparks creative fantasies? Hmm, the color purple. It is all about spirituality and imagination. Purple inspires us to divulge our innermost thoughts, which enlightens us with wisdom of who we are and encourages spiritual growth. It's often associated with royalty and luxury, and its mystery and magic sparks creative fantasies. Born to the purple means born to royalty. It symbolizes spirituality, mystery, royalty, and imagination, and its effects enlightens, inspires, uplifts, and encourages. I knew I loved purple. What about pink, the color of love and compassion? Pink is kind and comforting, full of sympathy and compassion, and makes us feel accepted. Its friendly, playful spirit calms and nurtures us, bringing joy and warmth into our lives. Pink is also a feminine and intuitive color that is bursting with pure romance. In the pink means being in good health. It symbolizes compassion, love, femininity, and playfulness. Its effects sympathizes, calms, nurtures, and comforts. How about brown? Can brown really make you feel good? Well, brown is the color of stability and reliability. Brown is dependable and comforting, a great counselor and friend full of wisdom. You can count on its help if you need an honest opinion, support, and protection. It stabilizes us, helps us to stay grounded, and inspires us to appreciate the simple things in life. Brown bagging it means to bring your own lunch. It symbolizes reliability, stability, honesty, comfort. Its effects, it simplifies, protects, grounds, and stabilizes. Now you may think black is not really a color. Most of the time you would say black is void of white or void of light, but Black is the color of power and sophistication. Black is an incredibly strong and intimidating color that exudes authority and makes us feel secure and protected. Often seen at formal and prestigious events, this mysterious marvel arouses and seduces our senses with its elegance and sexiness. To black out means to become unconscious. It symbolizes protection, power, elegance, sophisticated. Its effects mystifies, seduces, secures, and intimidates. What about white? 
Well, white is the color of purity and innocence. White is a true balance of all colors. It's associated with cleanliness, simplicity, and perfection. It loves to make others feel good and provides hope and clarity by refreshing and purifying the mind. It also promotes open-mindedness and self-reflection. To tell a white lie means seemingly harmless lies. It symbolizes cleanliness, purity, innocence, and perfection. Its effects refreshes, balances, purifies, and simplifies. On the Yale Youth Ministry Institute's YouTube channel, I found more from Dr. Pamela Epstein-King on purpose and joy. Let's take a listen. Pam, after you aired out some thoughts about, uh, about joy and the distinctions between happiness and joy, you really wanted to emphasize purpose. What do you mean by purpose and why is purpose so important to joy? Purpose is so important to joy because it informs what matters to people. And as I was talking about, joy is more than just an emotional response. It actually involves thinking about what's important and what's meaningful. And so purpose, when we have a purpose, we know what is important to us. So I had the opportunity to study with Bill Damon, who's a great guru on youth purpose. And he talks about purpose being a stable and generalized intention to accomplish something that's meaningful to the self and also makes a contribution to the greater world. So a purpose is something that orients our life. It's meaningful to us, but it's bigger than us and has something to do broader in the world. And so youth who have a purpose, they have a sense of understanding why I'm on this planet, what propels me, why should I keep going in the face of difficulties, um, and is a generalizing, motivating source of motivation in their life. And so purpose is interesting because for youth and adults, there's generally three pathways to purpose. This has been done very, noticed by various researchers that some people are proactive in seeking their purpose. So they're super intentional about setting goals, seeking opportunities. For other people, it's more reactive. And so the emphasis becomes less on intentionality of I'm gonna pursue this purpose, but might be a reaction to a transforming life event. So I had a profound experience that shaped my sense of identity or what's important to me. I lost a mother to breast cancer, and so I'm gonna take that up as a cause. So that's a more reactive form. And then there's also the form that we say occurs through like social learning, where I watch someone who's inspired me and I imitate their life mm. and the purpose that they have. And then some recent scholars um, headed by Belle Liang at Boston College, um, she has talked about the four Ps of purpose, which I just think are very helpful in terms of, if I wanna think about nurturing purpose in a young person's lives, um, she talks about the importance of people. And she particularly looked at a group of college-bound, ethnically diverse, not well-off socioeconomically youth, and they had people in their lives who recognized what was important to them, what they were good at, and actually guided them towards opportunities or gave them advice. Um, in addition to having people, they have a propensity 
towards their purpose. And propensity involves having the skills or competencies that are important for accomplishing that purpose. So um, as I mentioned earlier, I do not have a propensity towards singing, so I will not pursue being a rock star um, as my purpose because there would be no point in that. Um, and the third is purpose is pro-social. That's what I mentioned about Damon before. There's this contribution to something bigger than the self. I'm going to help my family um, pay their rent, or I'm going to help my grandmother go for a walk. Um, so people, propensity, pro-social, and the last one is passion. That purpose needs to be rooted in passion, doing something you love and doing something you like. And so to parents, I can say, you can't pick your kid's purpose. Youth pastors can't pick their kid's purpose. Kids really need to cultivate that, discover it, and cultivate it. But people can along, come alongside them and help them name it and identify it and affirm it. If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, embrace joyful moments and notice the colors and unique feelings that lift your spirit. Don't stop there. Remove any barriers and negative thoughts to release pure joy in your life. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. Someone threw until the path was clear. That's when I